Lawrence, Cofield and Company. No one, and I mean no one, is going to outwork this guy. The man has unstoppable energy. Steve Cofield. We like Steve. <laughs> but we don't love Steve. It's Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. And we know it because we feel it in our bones. Friday, 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 end of the week. John Von Tobel is in as the company. We're in the Finley Toyota Studios. Schedules released in the NFL yesterday, so we'll break it down in uh, multiple ways. John had a lot of good notes that we want to get to. We're going to catch up with one of the guys from the NFL Network. Hoping to get uh, Rhett Lewis on, one of the anchors who was out here for the draft in about 15 minutes. NFL insider Stanford Rout is with us as well, and then we'll have a... uh, a big-name college basketball coach on in the 5 o'clock hour because Coaches versus Cancer is in town. Lon Kruger started this whole thing up. They've got a big two-day golf tournament on Monday and Tuesday. Uh, the festivities start on Sunday, so we'll talk a little college hoops in the 5 o'clock hour. It's the three on Cofield and Company. But with John Von Tobel in, yeah, NFL. She's NFL, right? Always got to do NBA. But I appreciate the fact that John is an NBA insider, and I'm kidding. Of course, he wants to do the NFL. I enjoy other sports. As well. We will get to what happened to Philadelphia, because I think worse than coming up you know, a lot short of goals was some of the chatter last night after the game by the important characters on the Sixers. But before we get to all of that, I feel like it was, I don't know, five, six days ago that people were like, wow, the Celtics, man, it's going to be pretty tough. Looks like they're moving on, and you know they're probably the team that's going to go to the NBA Finals. And all of a sudden, they're looking up and they're like, "What the hell just happened? This is a hobbled Bucks team. What has happened to the Celtics?" Well, I think there's, <clears throat> excuse me, wow, I think there's a couple of things that when you look at it, has transpired over the last couple of games. I think what was interesting to me, what happened in that last game. So, but Buttonholzer has been like this guy that has been afraid to adjust. Right? We used to criticize him all the time for it, and in Game Four. When they blew that lead against Boston, there was the thought that he probably shouldn't have stuck with the small lineup that he threw out there. He took Bobby Portis out of the fourth quarter. They didn't play it. He puts Bobby in for the fourth quarter of this last game. They're super big, and all of a sudden, they're crashing the glass. They get seven offensive rebounds. They grabbed like 66% of the available rebounds in the quarter. That big one off of the missed free throw, and that was like a really big difference to them, outside of Drew Holiday being freaking awesome. And the other thing is, so I know you were sending in the article that Bontemps wrote, right, about their turnaround here in the second half. Celtics started like 18-21 and 21 in the season. They were pretty poor. They were one of the worst clutch teams in the NBA this year. They were actually 26th in clutch time net rating. They got it scored by 9.5 points every 100 possessions in clutch time. In I'm, clutch sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm huh? sorry. There's a analytics oh, I've always number yeah. for clutch time, and you mentioned Adam Hill. We've had the discussion over the years There's no such that thing as there is no such thing as clutch. So there is? Technically, yes. There is a stat for clutch time. It's game within five points either way, five minutes or fewer to go. So technically, by these numbers, you can be clutch or not clutch. Yes, theoretically, you could be clutch or not There's clutch. numbers to back it up. <laughs> right, yeah. All right. And, and so, I thought there was a thing. Yeah, there are. Clutch? Right. Okay. And so, um, you know, the Celtics were notoriously not very good in clutch minutes. And I think that's what kind of worries you if you're Boston – 
because they blow this lead. And in the piece that you sent over from Bontemps, when you read it, there's a common thread. Blown 14-point lead from Chicago. Blown lead against the New York Knicks. Blown lead against the Washington Wizards. Like, that's exactly what they did all year long. And they did it again the other night. And I think that's why you're kind of worried here because they were blowing teams out so much down the end of the regular season stretch that didn't have to play clutch minutes. Now, all of a sudden, they're finding themselves in these clutch minutes, and it didn't really go so, well last night. I don't get how they can't be clutch with the elements they have on the team. Right. Well, they have they have at least two premium scorers, mm-hmm. guys who, if you clear out, they can go one-on-one or whatever. You know, Obviously, Marcus Smart's a good downhill Jason guy. Peyton Pritchard? They... <laughs> not, not, not Pritchard. Do you love Pritchard? No. I... <laughs> right? Uh, so they've got... It's not like they're without a lead player or two lead scorers. And they're also, when they're all healthy, they're awesome on defense. Mm -hmm. But it's the offense. So, like, in those those clutch minutes, their defensive rating was actually pretty good. It was like 106, 107. But their offense averaged less than a point per possession. And you saw that again in that fourth quarter the other night. Their offensive rating in the fourth quarter was 66, 67. It was horrible. And I think Emu Udoka deserves, like, a little bit of criticism like, think back on those last two plays where Drew Holiday was incredible, the block and the steal. Marcus Smart had the ball in his hands both plays. Jason Tatum's probably going to have the hand, ball in his hands both of those plays. So I think there's correctable stuff, but when you're talking about size and then an issue that's plagued them throughout the entire regular season, yeah, they're on pretty thin ice, obviously, outside of the obvious of being down 3-2 yeah. on the road. What do you have in that series? Uh, I don't have anything for do the you have series. Bucks for the title? No, I've got the Celtics for the title. I got them at 66-1 to to win the title. Oh, boy. So, so you need that. I would like that. That'd be nice to, to move to, on. Yeah, I would like them to get to a game. You gotta hedge it next round or you gotta wait till the finals? Uh well, if I if they get if to they a game get seven, the I can get the Milwaukee will be a plus price, so I can get a little off of it just in case. All right. I need it to get to a game seven. Sammy P, our Tuesday gambling guest, he's got the Bucks for the title, I think at five fifty. Okay. Which yeah, I mean, look I mean the way it's shaping up right now, I mean the West is gonna be crazy. If the Suns get out, of, I mean, this is nuts, too. We'll set that game up. But um, the West is going to be crazy, I would think. Well, do we know about Middleton? Uh, for sure, this series, he was going to miss it. Right. And then the door is still open for him in, in a conference final setting, if that's the case. He's not been ruled out. Not like Morant. Okay. So you'd want to have the Bucks right now. Yeah, there's a lot of people who think the winner of this series is the winner of the NBA Finals. And we're going to talk a lot about the Sixers later on. Are we discounting the Heat? To a certain extent, you might be. Although well, I'm saying, are most people not giving him credit? Yeah, I'm not sure. discounting him. Now, I will say, I think the Celtics like tear through them if they make it Why? to the Eastern Conference Finals. Oh, they, I think they match really well with them. You, when you have like a bunch of six, seven wings who can switch, defend the way that they do, uh, they have a equally athletic big to match up with Bam Adebayo and Robert Williams. The regular season, they ripped them a new one in multiple different games in which they All played right. them. So. All right. Yeah, I think it's a pretty good matchup for Boston there. So game's coming up. We'll be tracking uh, Boston-Milwaukee. That's a 4.30 start. And then uh, shortly after the show, Memphis and Golden State, which we'll get into. I think I'm going to get a tongue lashing about uh, concentrating too much on one guy in that series. Right now, Golden State is eight against Memphis. Milwaukee is one against Boston. So the schedule release goes down yesterday. Are you one of the media people who is like, what's the big deal? Because I'm not. No, I'm not. I don't think it's what's a big deal. I just laugh at how big it, the NFL has become. Like that this is it's crazy. an event. No, that, that's that's right. my thinking. Like I understand it. I'm into it. Of course, I went and checked like the Colts schedule to see how it broke down and whatnot. And I totally understand it. And from the betting standpoint, you get to see how these schedules break down in terms of trips and whatnot. But I just laugh at like the schedule being released and everybody's huddling around their TVs waiting for it like it's an <laughs> event now. I, I, I find that incredible. I assume most of the fans who are snarky on social media don't go to football games. 
So they're not, it's not a big deal for them. Um, yeah. But I think for people who, and frankly, let's be honest, you either spend all of the money you have or you have money if you get to go to a lot of NFL games. It's not a, it's not a cheap deal, and road trips are not cheap. Uh, so I know we were, we were looking to see, and I know a lot of Raiders mm-hmm. fans were looking to see, you know, the, the, the games here in Vegas are awesome, but there's also some good road trips, some crazy road trips, right? Two of the most fun cities to go to uh, week three is going to be in Nash, Vegas, against the Titans, and then, uh, what, October 30th, they're at New Orleans, and, you know, those are both opportunities to take over a stadium. I think New Orleans may be a little more difficult to take over, even though they're not as good as the Titans, but you saw what the Bills fans did to the Titans. I mean, they flooded that place. And then the other one, it's going to be, it, you know, it's it's a holiday, so I guess you got to make the sacrifice. Does that, who, who wants to spend Christmas Eve and Christmas in Pittsburgh? You ready? I've never been to Pittsburgh, so I would assume the <laughs> criticism ready? is accurate. Um, I mean, it's just the problem is the weather. Oh, yeah. I think it's a, it's a cool city, and it's actually, I don't know why I always say this, but I think most people assume, like, you know, Rust Belt, industrial, dirty, old city. And the times I've been there, it's actually a really clean city. Really good food, you know, crazy Eastern European heritage. So you get that that whole flavor. But it's a it's a holiday. It's Christmas Eve, and it's also it's freaking December twenty fourth, which could be five degrees at kickoff. Every picture I've seen, like the snow just looks dirty of Pittsburgh. Well, like, there's no, there's no. <laughs> I mean, where, where are you go? Do you want to go skiing in, uh, you know, Utah, Colorado for nice white snow? I mean, it's not going to be. Do I have to? We have to have a whole discussion about snow. It's a good point. You've like barely seen snow oh, in your life. Uh, right. It's only Mount Charleston and then the trips that I took to Atlantic <laughs> City where I saw snow on the beach for the first time in my life. I didn't think that was like physically possible. Yeah, it I'm doesn't not, seem like I'm it is, well right? Tra- I'm not a well-traveled person in any way. Whatsoever. Well, then go to Pittsburgh. Take the whole family for Christmas. No, but I will say. <laughs> no, uh, quick, quick, no. When the schedule came out, I did look and the Colts will be here actually the week of my birthday. So Ooh. I've never been to an NFL game before. I think I might well, make that the first you one. You know what? That'll be a discussion for later in the show. Let's figure out how to line up tickets for you okay. to go to the Colts. We'll get right, yeah. more schedule okay. reaction from JBT throughout, more Raiders schedule reaction, and we're going to catch up with uh, NFL Network anchor, also does uh, Sirius XM Radio, Rhett Lewis on the way. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. You both have this kind of infatuation with Tom Brady. No, we don't. In fact, Shaq came in the other night. He said, yeah, man, I met, I saw, I had dinner with Tom Brady the other night. He's gorgeous. Said, he, he said, you're right. And he <laughs> said, G-O-R-G-I-S. He came and he said, man, I got to tell you something. I said, what? He said, I was out with Tom Brady the other night. You're right. That's a pretty man. I said, Shaq, I tell you, every time I'm around him, when he started talking to me and I make eye contact, I don't remember nothing he said after that. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. And we are getting some clips out of that show. Between Barkley making references and they get all giggly, they're very horned up. Right. What is going on with Shaq? And Kenny didn't want any part of the uh, Tom Brady being gorgeous conversation. Barkley was all into it. It's interesting. It's interesting. I don't like being around pretty people. It makes me feel even worse than I normally do. Radio people are generally not pretty. I was to say, thus the staff of Cofield and Company. It's a uh, yeah. It'll it'll break a few mirrors. It's a homely crew and many more scales. Yeah, a a big big crew. Rhett Lewis is one. Of, he's one of these pretty guys, man. He does TV. He does XM Sirius XM Radio as well. Uh, Rhett from NFL Network joins us. Talk a little scheduling, and uh, maybe we'll do ten minutes on how handsome Tom Brady is. Rhett, how you doing? 
Hey, I'm great. Look, I'm I'm on Chuck's side here. I mean, yeah. guy's a good-looking man. Like, let's give credit where credit's due. You know what I mean? I I don't know what he 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 has a team of folks who must be recommending stuff to take, and also his you oh. know his brows, his hair. I mean, it's just he really he. I don't understand how he is defying aging. He looks younger. Yeah. Well, look. I guess that's a um, that's a. Did we just did we have an ad read for uh, the TV twelve method just now? Is that <laughs> yes, what just happened? Yeah, pretty much. Um, yes. <laughs> this, Guerre- this this Doctor Guerrero. Screw well, the uh, yeah. screw the fitness stuff. He's brilliant. <laughs> His wife's also a supermodel. I would assume she knows a thing or two about skin. She knows a thing or two. Yeah. yeah, about maintaining for sure. I wonder. I wonder who's tougher to be around: Belichick on football or Giselle with his looks? Like just he's screaming at him. You can't go out looking like that. Come on, Tom. Yeah, that's a fair point. That's um, that was a tough crowd. Maybe that's why you had to get out of get out of New England, um, <laughs> right. you know, and head down to Tampa. Just uh, get at least one one half of that uh, that that part of the matrix a little bit more balanced. By the way, on Brady and football in the NFL, did you believe that he was going to stay retired when he had that short retirement? When, we, when it first got leaked, did you believe it? N- no, so I mean, something about that sounded really weird. Felt really weird, like the way it came out, like a. Oh, just like a random tweet from the TV 12 sports account, you know, like the, the guy who has figured out, you know, Instagram and Twitter uh, and social platforms and all this stuff, like that's how you were going to do it. No, like it, it there was going to be some greater piece of production. Right. And then we got like the Instagram notes, like statement later on. Um, like it just all felt very odd and, uh, I, it just uh, it, d- it didn't seem right. And maybe he just really wanted a trip to Germany. You know, found yeah. out bus yeah. were going to Germany. Right. He's like, you know what? This sounds like something I want to do. Let's so take I the Brady brand overseas. Sure, sure. That, and that's the best point. Yeah, the, the brand. Um, now, speaking of that, uh, I want your reaction to the news that you know comes out that he's going to uh, go to the booth. He'll announce for Fox. Who knows what the contract entails? You know, it could be twenty-five to you know forty million dollars a year. I feel like, and it's not like you're listening to the show, but I feel like I'm one of the only people in sports radio who said I think Brady is going to be great at this. It may take a little while to kind of figure out who he is and what he want, what he wants to put out there. I think he's going to be awesome. Let me ask you this: Did you think Drew Brees was going to be great? Um, no. not no, not as great as Brady. I also don't think okay. Brees got a lot of criticism. I think I think Drew Brees has a ton of potential. But as you know, you know, working all these different roles, and you played football at Indiana, yeah. So th- th- like, it's it's not easy to be who you no. are, or figure out what you want to be when you first start doing this stuff. Well, and that's my point. Like, I think I think Drew, you know, it, it has an uh, has a chance to be a very good broadcaster. I think he was, you know, look thrust right into the spotlight uh right you know as soon as he decided to hang it up and you know i didn't think it was that bad honestly i mean it felt like it was a little over criticized to me um but that's kind of like that's that's the bar that has been set you know when romo came in and like completely lit the world on fire in his first couple of weeks because not because he was great at being a color analyst but because he was doing something a little bit differently than everybody else had done it before like right i mean there's so many people think about a color analyst telling you what just happened rather than what's about to happen, which is what, you know, Romo kind of made his stick on. And, and, you know, it's, I like it to a certain extent. I don't know if it's for everybody. And I think Brady will find his sea legs on that. Um, but I think the point that I was trying to make with breeze is like, you got to find him pretty quick. Um, I'm sure they're going to give him plenty of rope to do so, but the public opinion 
comes down pretty fast, right? Either it's it's a it's a pretty immediate um, critique, and so I think he'll be fine. I, I think it'll be interesting to hear a little bit into his mind. That's why I love the Manning cast so much. I just love hearing Peyton and Eli talk about football. Like I could care less about the uh, the guests. Like I'm, I just want to hear them talk about the game. So we get the schedule release yesterday, and we were kind of talking about this before we had you on, which was just the gravity of what the schedule release is now. And I was laughing, like it's not any. I'm not one to poo-poo it, but I also think it's really funny how popular this has become. It's almost a holiday. Why has the schedule release for the National Football League become so big and so much bigger, obviously, than all these other sports? Are we all just like a nation in a world of like planners? Is that basically what what this is telling us? Like we all just want to know like where we can we can book our when we can book our flights to like go see our team play in Las Vegas or in L.A. or wherever. Like that 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 to me seems like one of the biggest draws to this whole thing. All right, which game am I going to? Where can I get you know to go see my team on the road? Or um, I think the the primetime games are a huge draw uh, for the schedule release. Like you want to see. You know where the, the you know where the league views the best teams, honestly, and then you know where your favorite announcers are going to be, you know, calling your favorite teams' games and that sort of thing. Um, I, I think the social media accounts of the teams have done a masterful job in amping this whole thing up. I think that's probably one of the things that I look forward to the most. Now, I mean, like you look, you're coming from a guy who grew up in a, a household where my dad worked for the Saints my entire um my entire really childhood and then and so like i would live for those little like two by six schedule cards that you could put in your wallet like a wallet size photo and like my dad would bring them home in a box and i'd have like a thousand of the same schedule like oh my god this is the greatest thing ever hand them out to all my friends um so it's it's definitely come a long way since then i'll say that it's it's, uh, it's pretty it's pretty crazy Brad Lewis, NFL Network with us, does uh, radio for Sirius XM as well. You slipped in something kind of interesting there. If folks didn't, you know, didn't hear it yeah. uh, totally that your dad worked in the NFL for a long time. He was a, a trainer. I just wonder, I mean, you know, he's medical personnel technically, so I don't know what what he's told you over the years, but I wonder what he thinks about safety now in the NFL versus what, you know, he probably had to kind of patch together in years past. Yeah. I mean, th- this was a freaking rough league for a long time, and guys were getting freaking yeah. whooped out there on the field. Not so much anymore. No, and and um, you know it's a it's a different kind of job now. I mean, like um, you know, my dad took great pride in like you know one of his best friends in the world, uh, you know, was Archie Manning, and you know, essentially, you know, did everything he could to make sure that poor Archie was getting you know demolished yeah. Sunday in and Sunday out, you know, behind a, a a bad Saints team, you know, in the seventies and early eighties, it was just like ah, you know, and and so you know he he took pride in taking care of those players, you know, to the, to the best of his ability and the best of his staff's ability. And they had a great medical operation down in new Orleans, um, you know, for the time that he was there and then went to Detroit and was in uh, Washington as well. Um, and was actually my trainer at Indiana when I played for two years, um, uh, in Bloomington. So, um, it's definitely changed a, a, quite a bit. And, you know, I think there's just a, there's more, obviously there's more procedure. There's more, you know, there's more policy, but it's not like, you know, it's not like they weren't paying attention to the safety of, of athletes back then and of players back then. It was just on a different level. By the way, what do you think of what uh, Indiana has done with football? Um, it's awesome. And um, it's, uh, it's been really cool. It's, a, it's been a great way to kind of reconnect um, with the program because Coach Allen, Coach Tom Allen, who's, you know, been there for, gosh, I guess almost, you know, five, six years now as the full-time head coach, um, 
has just brought such an atmosphere of welcoming and inviting former players, like so much so that now I'm going to be the color analyst for the radio broadcast. Um, oh, just nice. because I wanted to find a way to get back into the program as much as I could. So um, it's really cool to see that they, they are phenomenal recruiters, which, as you guys know now, is is uh, is just absolutely paramount. You can't succeed in college football without being a great recruiter. And now, um, you know, and, then it's turning it into to developing. But um, it's been really fun to watch. Basketball, they're going in the right direction. They finally get it right by uh, you know, know, staying in-house. I, I think so. I think so, and, and folks in Bloomington and, and Indiana Hoosier Nation, you know, has been clamoring for an Indiana guy to come back and lead the Hoosiers ever since Bob Knight left, and um, we finally, you know, have that, and that can kind of be a dangerous thing sometimes because there's, you know, there's an expectation, um, you know, like Mike Woodson was a legend as a player, um, you know, w- what if he didn't live up to it as a coach, you know, like, and, and would we tarnish you know, that relationship that you have with the, with the legend of the university, but all signs pointing towards him being a hell of a coach on the college level, just as good as he was on the NBA level. He surrounded himself with some great people in terms of support staff. And that that's credit to the athletic director, Scott Dolson, um, you know, for kind of helping him find his way on the college level. And, um, let's go, man. I'm, uh, I'm ready to hang that six banner up at assembly hall. <laughs> there you go. Red Lewis played football at Indiana is, uh, Announcer with NFL Network, uh, a lead, also a part of SiriusXM. Uh, one more thing on Indiana. Yeah. Uh, I think they've booked it. Indiana basketball is here December 10th to take on uh, Arizona. So that's kind of an interesting spot. Yeah. Is that part of a – is that one of the tournaments? I don't know. I just know it's yeah. – uh, it's a. It, it looks like a one-off at the MGM Grand Garden Arena, but I don't know if there's oh, a full tournament. Yeah, That's cool. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Um, that's, that's really neat. Like, I, I end up going to Vegas, you know, every – uh, March for the first weekend of March Madness with all my buddies from high school, nice, and um, nice. and so I might have to sneak in uh, in December then uh, mm. for for an extra trip. What's your snitch? Where do you like to go? What are the places you like to hang out for March Madness? You know, um, we've we've kind of done it all. Yeah. Um, you know, starting back long before I was with the NFL Network uh, and was allowed to actually like be around in a casino slash sports book right um you know i was we did that lagasse stadium thing when yeah. it first opened yeah. um uh, r.i.p i think right i don't know is that still around um no, it, and then uh, uh, uh it, it you know, yeah. It, yeah okay all right and so um you know like this last uh time we went uh where we ended up at uh brezza at the resort world for a great wow. italian place and okay. uh we, we did major domo uh over in palazzo um, so we, we've gone from like figuring out what we're doing from 12, you know, from midnight to 3 a.m. to what we're doing from like 8 to 11 p.m. That's kind of like <laughs> yes. our wheelhouse now. Yeah, yeah. So, so were <laughs> you, uh, I love Vegas. For the draft coverage, uh, were you in Vegas at all or was it all from L.A.? Oh, no. So I did, um, I did Saturday from Los Angeles. So I did day three for okay. NFL Network. Days one and two I did for SiriusXM live from Las Vegas from wonderful Margaritaville. On the street. Nice. Um, nice. Yes. Yeah. So we were kind of in the thick of things, but inside. So you didn't quite, I didn't quite see all the madness that was going on everywhere else, but um, it was still pretty cool to be, you know, in the city. Okay. So what'd you think of the Vegas, Vegas experience, oh, even if you weren't around the draft? I mean, the, the crowds were good. Um, and I, I, I thought, uh, you know, the folks that we brought in, they, they spent pretty decent money. The, I guess the only thing people here complained about, it wasn't a gambling crowd, but just the visuals yeah. on TV, I think it's an unbelievable event for Vegas uh, just for the publicity. 
I would say you're 100% right. Like, it was, it was awesome. Like, seeing our set, like, even though it wasn't where the draft picks were, like, coming across the stage or where the commissioner was announcing it, our set in the Bellagio fountain, when that thing started going off behind our guys <laughs> as they're talking about, I mean, like, it was picturesque. Like, it was phenomenal. Um, and, look, Vegas does it right, you know, with any event, clearly. And so this was no different. I'm sure it was uh, the, every Uber driver and every taxi cab oh, driver I, I talked to was not a huge fan uh, based on the traffic flow yeah. <laughs> that they were dealing with. But um, it's, uh, it's a great town for, for events like that. Honestly, Nashville was phenomenal. Nashville is it's still kind of tough to beat in my book. Those scenes of Broadway, um, when, our, when our cameras were flying down Broadway, where that thing was just packed, you know, was, was pretty sweet. I think New Orleans would be a great town for the draft, too. Um, especially that time of year, I think it'd be really neat. And and uh, but Vegas, I'd be fine if it was in Vegas like every other year. You were born in New Orleans, and obviously you, you bounced around. Where where do you think they would set up the draft in New Orleans? I'm a big New Orleans guy. I go at least once a year, so love it. Yeah. Uh, have a timeshare down there. Big fan of that city. Oh, it's phenomenal. I, you couldn't you could not do it on Bourbon Street. Like no, it's just, no. it's just you just couldn't. No. As cool no. as it would be, you couldn't do it. I think you would probably do it like either on. Either on like Poydras, um, and like you set up down by the Riverwalk, um, and so you kind of have the river in the background, and then you you could you know you'd have people kind of gathering down there with the French Quarter on the right side and the Warehouse District on the left side. Um, I think that would kind of be the place to do it, right at the end of or, or right at the end of either Canal or Poydras, um, and then you just kind of have people walking in and out. I think it would be sweet. Raiders are at the Titans Week Three. Um, Whatever week it is. I know it's October 30th. They're at New Orleans. If you were to tell Raiders fans, better road trip. What's the better road trip, Nashville or New Orleans? Whew, it's, yeah. uh, that's a <laughs> tough one for me, but um, it's it's New Orleans in my book. There's just so much for everyone. And do we know, is it, that's not a prime time, is it, uh, in New Orleans? No. Okay, yeah, because there's no NFL party like <laughs> a prime time New Orleans party. Okay, like that thing starts you know, bright and early in the morning and does not end until, you know, bright and early the next morning. So, um, but there's just so many, and it's such a walkable city. Like, Oh my God. Like I, I wish I've never really had a chance to tailgate, you know, as a, as an adult for a game that was being played in the Superdome, um, you know, going to Lucy's in the warehouse district, having lunch in the quarter somewhere, you know, then going to have you know drinks at Lucy's down there, walking right down Gerard Street to the uh, to the Superdome, Champion Square, the whole thing. Then they have really just amped up the environment around the Superdome too. Uh, and then once you get in there, it's absolute insanity. Those are straight up maniacs inside that place. So now that these schedules are set, we kind of know how these uh, paths are going to be taken to the end of the regular season. Raiders win total eight and a half. What would you say, over or under? Over. Ooh, okay, really? That's quick. Wow. Over. Okay. Yeah. Over. I, I just think I, I, and I get it that I am placing a lot of faith in the rekindling of connections from Fresno with, with Derek Carr and with Devonte Adams. But I'm just also thinking about Chandler Jones coming off the edge with Max on the other side, man, like that's, that's going to be fun to watch. And then, um, you know, I, I, I think they've got some really talented pieces out there. Um, you know, obviously Waller and Renfro and, and, you know, the rest of the crew, I think is totally fine, but I think Derek Carr finally has the piece that will unlock his ultimate potential. And to me, that spells, that spells 10 wins, honestly. Wow. Okay. If the Raiders have 10 wins, who's the, f- cause they're not gonna be fourth place with 10 wins in the AFC West. So who's in last place then? 
why not? Why why couldn't they be in well, fourth place? With, I guess they could. <laughs> right? Like, I honestly, I've said this so many times, like looking at the AFC West, the Denver Broncos were last place last year, right? They could honestly be in last place again this year, even with Russell Wilson, but they could still make the playoffs. Like, I would love to see the AFC West just dominate the AFC playoffs. They send their champion, and then they occupy all three wild cards. Like, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. I think that's a very real possibility. Um, so I think that would be really neat to see, too. Rhett, great spot, man. We appreciate it. You, yeah. uh, your weekend's starting up here, so uh, thank you for coming on with us. Yeah, my pleasure. Anytime, guys. There he is, Red Lewis, NHL, NHL Network. NFL Network, uh, played wide receiver at Indiana. His dad very much tied to the league. Mm-hmm. I bet you, like I said, I bet you his dad has some stories about how they freaking taped up, sniffed up, shot up players to get the hell back out there. And I'm, I'm actually glad he mentioned, I mean, this goes way before really any of us were around, but the, uh, you know, we all, we've watched Eli and uh, Peyton Manning. Their dad was a really good quarterback, but the Saints sucked. And he would get just annihilated, just broken apart. So you can understand why dad cares so much about the kids over the course of their career actually having a good offensive line, because he never did. Finley Toyota. They'll do anything to sell you a car. No Toyota problem is too tough, too large, or too small. Keep your Toyota running like a Toyota. I think a new team has arrived in the AFC West, and their name is the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah. SoFi Stadium. The Rams ain't the only dudes that play there. The Chargers play there as well. Excuse me, let me get this. We know what they bring to the table offensively. And I mean, I'm looking at the defense that's going to be vastly improved. I'm looking at a young quarterback who's a stud that watched Joe Burrow do his thing and said, wait a minute, what about me? Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Stephen A. Smith introducing the Chargers to the nation. Never heard it, is, it is weird, though, right? East Coast-based media, because I don't know that they always... It's the NFL. You should be watching all the games or as, you know, as many as you can. And the Chargers were in primetime more than a few times it, last year. Like, we know about Justin Herbert. I, I'm not... I don't want to kill Stephen A. because I think he's awesome. I think he deserves every dollar he's making. But he's an NBA guy, first and foremost, and they stretch him thin when they have him talking NFL. Do you think he could name some of the Chargers' defense? Oh, yeah. You think he could? Yeah. Okay. I mean, there's, I some, there's some obvious ones. Yeah, I, I believe in Stephen A. Smith. Ever since he shook my I hands. I do, too, for the most part. But every once in a while, he's been caught. You know, they, they just overextend him. Ever since I shook his hand at the edit bays here at Lotus Broadcasting all those years ago, I've been a believer. Was he cool? He was. Huh. As, and my favorite story is... When he opened the door to the edit bay and Bobby was walking by and he called him over and gave him a 20 and told him to go get him a, a Whopper from Burger King. Bobby Machado, yeah. yeah. Did Bobby just pocket the money and go home or no. did he actually get it for him? I think Bobby then gave the money to somebody else and told the, <laughs> and relayed the order. <laughs> he wanted a Whopper? Yeah. How is Burger King now? I haven't been in a while. I, I, I saw a lot of people complain. I don't know. what There was a Burger King discussion uh, on social media the other day. I mean, there, really? there's all these discussions going on, and someone was saying that the quality has gone down like the last five years. I don't visit regularly enough to yeah. to accurately report it. I'm not a Burger King or McDonald's guy. But back, More Burger King than McDonald's, though. To your original point, I would... Is the East Coast really like that? Are we really that isolated out here on the West Coast? Yes. That They're very insular. They're like every, everyone, every one of those the cities... The Chargers is, would be a new story to them. The Chargers, who every single year... The media members pick to win 10-plus games and be a Super Bowl contender. 
and they ultimately flop and somewhat disappoint. Yeah. Like they're a sexy team every offseason. I don't think they would be that much of a new story. And they got a lot of attention last year because of right. going forward on fourth down so much and you know, losing the game to the right. Chiefs and obviously getting the the pub from the season finale. Analytics. Against the against the radio, yeah, the analytics stuff. The introduction of analytics is a pejorative term, yeah. So I talked about the Chargers social media team. And every team's a little bit different. But their IG is awesome. It's consistently, it's consistently awesome. Take this down for a second. So yesterday, they decide, along with several other teams, to really blow this thing up, the schedule release. And they did an anime theme. First of all, I, I don't really know what anime is. Well, and yes, I think you're into it. Yes, you do. No, I really don't. Like, if someone asked me, I'm just like, I don't know, Japanese cartoons. Pretty much. Okay, well, yeah. like, what else? What do you mean, what else? Like, that's the thing. Anime is a very, very broad term. Okay, so how is it any different adult, than, like... A, adult animation, essentially. How is it different than, like, the Flintstones and South Park? Well, because their roots come from, as you mentioned, like, Japan. Okay. Yeah, Japanese roots. I don't really so think, I think you know what it is. I think the, like, the Flintstones in general, I think, would be considered an anime because it's adult animation, but I think anime, the term is more about Japanese cartoons, animations that come from that part of the world. So they did about a 2 minute and 15 second video. It was awesome. We'll tweet it out. Uh, it's anime themed. This is the the music that the whole thing is over. Crank it up. It's a catchy tune. It's a very good tune. I don't know where it comes from, but it's really good. I feel like some sort of potentially violent adventure is going to happen. Maybe not violent. Or just one where you find yourself through the power of friendship. Crank it up. Who is this lady? No. no. But it's also... He's good. Can we just say, it wasn't just like the anime thing, because I am a no, big anime it's, fan. It's, it's the content. It, it, the content was awesome. The Like, all the little references, like, you know, the dramatic anime pose of Staley, like, clenching his fist in front of a fourth down marker because he's trying to conquer it, <laughs> right? Like, the, the, the giant mechazoid thing that he was driving against Andy Reid, and he hits the go for it button. What is a mech? What? I don't know. Just, that's a term I use. Like, but the it, giant robot thing. That but he, he was, did. Like, You're right. Yeah. There was a button that said, go for it, and yeah. he freaking smashes it. Right. The uh, Now, a lot of people picked up, so the reference for the Raiders, you know, is that big pirate ship. That's reference to a very popular anime. But if you look it at it, yeah, okay, it, it's uh, it's called One Piece. But okay. if you look at the flag that they're flying, somebody pointed out on the side, it says like freedom, truth, and like some some word that starts with R, FTR, F the Raiders. Like there was like a lot of there was a lot of that. There was a lot of small, tiny. Did details. you notice all of them? I don't think I noticed every single okay. one of them. There's a lot. Although I'll, I watched it like four times. I'll give you some. Uh, one, there was a tombstone for the Legion of Boom. Yes, that was good. That was awesome. Did you see what they did for the Browns? The Chargers game against the Browns is week five. What'd they do? They just threw up the, what's like the multicolored, like, you know what I mean? When the cable goes out and it's just like lawyers asked us to react to this. It said, yeah, it said redacted, <laughs> which is clearly a mocking reference to Deshaun Watson, right? Right. Very That's pretty clearly. heavy. It is. Like, I, <laughs> when I saw heavy. that, I laughed and I asked, should I laugh? But then I was like, yeah, I think it's okay. Yeah. Uh, Falcons, they have a Falcon smash into a Waffle House sign. Did you see what the sign said? I did. Yeah. 28% off of three waffles. What did that mean? Well, the 28 to 3 lead, right? That they blew against the uh, New England Patriots. Yep. I mean, very subtle, but awesome. Um, That one of the Chiefs matchups you mentioned, the go for it button, smashed. Did you see the Cardinals? Kyler Murray. It took me a second to... That was a really subtle reference. Yeah. uh, For those who don't know, the Cardinals, when they beat the Bears, was it? 
Uh, they tweeted out a picture of his, the bean, but it was in the shape of an L, and it it looked a little phallic, and yeah, it was yeah. a really it was a really weird moment in Cardinals Twitter history. So that was a good reference. Kyler Murray was also deleting social media. Yes, that was cool. Buccaneers again, another pirate ship. Uh, they had a like a, a chest, a treasure chest, and there was a little sign in the treasure chest that said uh, Antonio Brown discarded helmets. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's it's creative stuff. Um, it looked like they were afraid of Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is like this this monumental beast. Uh, a Titan. Okay. It's it's a reference to a, an anime called Attack on Titan. There you go. So okay. So Titan, there you yeah. go. So you do know anime. And then it was scratched into whatever the surface was. Uh, AJ was here. Yeah. Oops. And the one that should get you. The quarterback carousel? The Colts. You see who was running the quarterback carousel? That was Pat McAfee. No. Yeah, it was, it was, he was wearing a shirt that had like one of his brand names on it. It was Pat McAfee running the quarterback carousel. That's funny. Are you, are you doing this on purpose? Are you saving the best for last? No, what is the best? I, I might have missed it. The Jacksonville Jaguars reference? What was it? So it's it's a Jacksonville Jaguar, a humanoid one, sitting at a bar in a red shirt, you know, all by himself. It was the exact pose and outfit that Urban Meyer was wearing. Oh, it, I missed it. I got it. Right, yeah. Is that right? Yeah. They got Urban Meyer? In the video of him and the, uh, the co-ed woman dancing upon him? Yeah. It was the exact same oh, pose, the exact same outfit. freaking yeah. awesome. That is so cool. So there you go. Chargers creativity with their social media. Now, it's as if we knew the schedule. You know, we have, we have connections. Um, we had Austin Eckler on yesterday on Cofield and Company, and he was on at 4. The schedule release was at 5, but it had just come out minutes earlier, the uh, week 1 and 2 matchups for the Raiders. So, you know, we knew on the air that it was going to be the Chargers down there in the week 1 start for the Raiders, the 2022 start for the Raiders. Here's, uh, I think I'm on this too, but... Here's uh, the beginning of it. Where we're talking to Eckler, and I, he's like, he's basically like, I don't, I don't know who we're playing. I don't really care. How do you guys look at it? You're just like, hey, just tell me the schedule, or can you, like, do you feel the energy? Do you care? Um, I don't even know who we're playing next week. A lot of times, I just know who we're <laughs> playing on that Sunday, so <laughs> I don't care at all. <laughs> okay, so do you know you are playing the Raiders in the opener at home to start the season? That's going to be lit. That's it. That was a reaction. I don't. I don't believe. Me and my were like, yeah, they get the schedule release. He's a pretty chill guy. Oh, of course, he's and he's chill. got a lot of interest. I don't believe him. I don't believe him at all. You guys should have pressed him on that. That's ridiculous. Did you see? <laughs> did you see the video of the Seahawks? Like what they did for their their whole schedule thing. So they pranked their team. They printed out a fake schedule, and oh, really? it was like it was like game on every single holiday, four consecutive road trips. And it was like the talk of Seahawks practice. They had hidden cameras everywhere. And they're like, are you seeing this? Like one of their players even called his wife. He's like, look, he's like, I'm sorry. I just work here, but I got games on Christmas and Thanksgiving. Like it was a big oh, deal. Oh man. It was a big deal. That's funny. I doubt that. I, I, I know, I know what he's trying to do, but I would doubt the whole, I don't even know who we're playing the next week. More of uh, what Austin Eckler said on the way back, including we did push him on the Raiders and we fed him a tweet from one of the Raiders who was talking trash on the Chargers. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield and Co. I like when people trash talk to me. It gets me going. Uh, you know, it's it's fun, man. It's basketball. Uh, there's going to be a lot of trash talking, and I like it. It's fun for me. Uh, it's competitive basketball, and I like it. It's fun for me. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Studio. Lots of NBA coming up later on. That was the voice of uh, Luca. They're still alive. They're still alive. So we'll get into uh, Dallas and Phoenix 
In just a little bit, John Von Tobel's here. It's Cofield Finley, Toyota Studios, Cofield Company on a Friday. Next weekend is a big weekend for UNLV Athletics. They're going to be putting in another class in the UNLV Athletics Hall of Fame. Their 2022 class is highlighted by Running Rebels, Anderson Hunt, and Wink Adams. Cool. All-time leading receiver from the football team, Ryan Wolf, is going in. Olympian Amanda Bingson is going in. You can go see this. It's going to be at the uh, Strip View Pavilion right there at the Thomas and Mac. UNLVtickets.com. And uh, next week, hopefully, we'll get uh, Ryan Wolf and, and Bingson on Cofield and Company to get you ready for the induction ceremony. But very cool. And this was a big deal for the AD, Eric Harper, to bring back. So we were just talking about the NFL schedule release. And yesterday we had on Austin Eckler. Perfect timing, right? With the Chargers being the opener on the road for the Raiders. And uh, Eckler was like, ah, it's like, it doesn't matter to me really who, who we're playing. Um, I don't really know. He you know, lied. He, okay, you don't believe him. He lied, yes. Okay. Maybe that's the case. Call in right now. Well, we, 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 we tried to get him going. We, we kind of we got back to the, the scheduling stuff, and um, Eckler was pretty interesting is the notion that you guys have no fans, and Raiders fans love saying that the Chargers have no fans. <laughs> I feel like that's because every time we have a Raiders game, it's like 70% like black jerseys everywhere. Um, it's not that we don't have fans. It's just we don't have as many. Let's yeah. say that. Let's yeah. say that. <laughs> like We definitely have some diehards out there, uh, and we love the support. Like I obviously feel the support from them. Um, but yeah, you know, we're in a new place. We got to earn our stripes up here in LA. It's a hard, it's a hard industry to be, um, in the entertainer or it's a hard place to be in entertainment because there's so much going on. So. Okay. Politically correct answer without bashing Chargers fans. Kind of. I mean, that's an interesting admission. We just don't have as many. Well, they're new to the city. They're what? Five years in. Yeah. Something like that. And the Raiders were there for, you know, 13, 14 years in the eighties into the early nineties. And they still have an amazing fan base. In LA. So I try to go back to the Raiders thing because I found something really interesting on Twitter from one of the Raiders players. I did see someone tweet earlier about the Raiders schedule because so the Raiders are playing you guys week one, uh, the Cardinals here in week two. Someone tweeted back to back home games for the Raiders to open the season. How lucky are we? That's actually Jerome Illuminor, one of the linemen for the Raiders. How about that? Oh, man. Oh. Nice. I, I think it's hilarious. I think it's so funny. Like, people take this stuff so seriously. But to me, like, I, I honestly don't care who's at the stands. Like, I just obviously I'd like it to be all Chargers fans. Um, that's not going to be what it is. But I just need the energy. My favorite sound coming into a stadium is actually hearing a bunch of people booing me. Like, that just gets me. Really? There's no other sound that gets me more fired up than that. Like, even my own fans cheering, like, that's great. But the sound that, like, people are, like, wanting us to lose, that, like, that really gets me going. <laughs> Bring it on. There you go. Germain Illuminor. I called him Jerome yesterday. It was so good. Oh, we made okay. sure to include it again. There are some first names. I don't know why. Not the Jerome and Jermaine. Like, I, I just can't. I can't get it right. Someday I will. Illuminor in the rotation on the offensive line. Talking trash. In the rotation. Well, he is. He's not a starter right now. Right. Like, I'm not saying it would be justified to you know, talk more trash if you're a starter, but. It would be. That was, that was nice by Eckler. He's just like, yeah, whatever. It At least he wasn't like, Who? Well, I mean, he's also on the losing side of it. He's the one on the team that has the lesser fan base in the city. Like He doesn't really have many areas of strength to come from. Raiders make a big move today. 
They move one of their wide receivers as they uh, slowly but surely clear out more of the Mayock-Gruden draftees.